I've got to be careful with that. And I think people that are big, hairy, goal-type people need to be really careful with that. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more. And by that, I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows, I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future. But rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter. And today Joe's interviewing Steve Jones of Steve hyphenjones.org. Steve and Joe met as they are both associates with an organisation facilitating grassroots digital training. They met on a project and spent a lovely evening chatting all things digital, productivity and as you will hear on the show about the power of movements. Steve makes his home in Exeter in the beautiful southwest of England with his wife and four children. Son in a nine-member multiracial family, he spent some of his childhood in Africa. He regularly retreats to the wild spaces of southwest England to camp, walk, run, swim, surf, cycle and recharge. He's daily immersed in a book or browser and has completed an Ironman triathlon. A trained coach and experienced speaker, lecturer and trainer, he is an MA in leadership development and as part of his ongoing development is a distance learning master of philosophy and PhD student. His research is into viral movements to change the world mixed in with a background in developing businesses, charities, faith communities and social enterprises. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Steve Jones of steve-jones.org. Hi Steve, thanks for joining me. Hi Joe, no problem. It's funny that we first started our conversation before we came on air having a debate about whether it's a dash or a hyphen, so uh, hopefully the conversation <laughs> will move on to more interesting topics. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so um, start by telling us who you are, what you do and where you do it. Well, I'm Steve Jones. Um, I live in Exeter in the southwest of England and um, I've done all kinds of things over my life. But at the moment, I'm a, a coach, particularly focusing on people's habits. And also I also call myself a movements coach. Um, now, a lot of people look at me a little bit funny. <laughs> I, I know what came to your mind straight away. <laughs> people think of bowels. <laughs> and um, so uh, it's not a bowel coach. I'm not into bowel movements. It's uh, the idea of kind of developing business or charities um, as movements, as something that grows exponentially with a sort of a viral uh impact in the middle of it really so that's what i mean by movements it doesn't mean physical movement either which i sometimes get called oh you're a physical movements coach um so a movements coach yes yeah lovely and uh yeah so we met through an organization where we're doing some training um mm -hmm. as associates but actually we really connected partly mm. through the conversation that we're going to have today partly about the whole sort of habits and productivity piece but also yeah the movement 
thing because uh, I'm involved, as you know, with the Engage for Success movement, and mm. we are very, you know, keen that it is a movement because it is about uh, sort of galvanising people and uh, using their energy or getting them to use their energy to to grow the movement and grow the message and purpose of the movement. So um, that's mm. uh, a big conversation that we had. So really pleased yeah. to, to get your show to, to you know talk about both mm. both of those really, as you say, sort of the the whole um, habits and movement. So you said you've done lots of things in your life. I know you have, we've had the conversation, I have too. Um, so that's part, mm. again, part of the reason why we, we got on so well. So mm. tell us why you now do what you do, because you've had quite an interesting background that is not the norm, I would say, for a, a business <sighs> coach and an interesting combination of um, experience. So, so talk us through a bit of why you do what you do. Yeah, I guess um, I'm always looking to, I, I suppose I, as a young man, I wanted to really um, use my life to see the world um, improve and get better. You know, like many of us are like that. We're motivated by goodness. We want to see some good things happening. So I've sort of followed that sort of core motivation into a number of different vocations. Um, I've been involved in developing churches. I was kind of pioneering for the Church of England, some of their new ideas around how to do church differently. Um, so I've done that, spent some time sort of in, in faith groups, if you like, um, but also excited about business and the potential for business. So I um, uh, got helped to set up several social enterprises um, here in Exeter and, uh, and now my own business now with uh, coaching and training um, and lecturing and so on. So, yeah, I'm kind of... I do what I do because I it sounds a bit um, like everybody says, you know, we want to change the world. But I actually do want to do what I because I do want to change the world. And I feel that changing the world um, movement is a real big part of that. Um, mm. That actually the world changes by movements. Now, whether that's sort of big social movements or whether that's just people sharing things that they've heard from other people. That to me is a micro movement, if you like. So, so even today, what we're doing here with with your sort of podcast, you know, people will hear some of the stuff. Hopefully, they will share that with some other people, and that, in a sense, is micro movement. Um, mm. So, that idea of movements is really key. Yeah. So let's explore the the, the movement um, piece a bit more. Mm. So you start sure. to sort of explain what a movement is. I'm I'm intrigued to find out more about that and think of some other examples as i say i'm involved with engaged success we call that a movement mm. you know what, yeah. what other examples um are there but also what what do then you do as a as a coach um in terms of of growing movements and you know to just to think about it the one of the things we have on actually i don't know if it still is on our website it was um initially when we went live in 2012 was the video um which i'm sure you've seen on youtube of the the man dancing at a yeah in the middle of a field <laughs> and dancing on his own and everyone to begin with sort of is looking at him thinking mad man you know what's he doing mm, and then people mm. gradually start to join him and in the end like the whole field's rocking because they're all dancing along with him and and it was him that started it sort of thing um and you know that's used quite often isn't it as a sort of um, example of, of how a movement you know would start if you like not necessarily with people dancing of course <laughs> <laughs> but uh, give us your your sort of view on on movements and, and where they they start why they're important how they've happened you know all that sort of stuff oh there's a book in here somewhere joe <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> But um, 
I, I think there's two different ways of looking at uh, an organization. One, one is, in, in a sense, as an institution, and one is as something that's a bit more organic. So I, I find the organic metaphors for the ways we look at our organizations really helpful. So I, I tend to, whenever I talk about movements, in my mind, I'm thinking the job of us as movement leaders, if you like, or people that want to stir up movement is, is that of a horticulturalist or a gardener, um, somebody that just kind of nurtures, somebody that doesn't necessarily shout at the plant or force things to happen, but just creates really nice environments around that sort of organization in order for it to, to, to properly grow as a movement. So I think there are definitely two different ways to lead um it's almost like on a spectrum really you've got sort of more sort of movement style leaders at one end and at the other end you've got sort of more institutional hierarchical leaders and it really depends on on how we look at our organization as to whether we're going to see it develop as a movement or not so it, it is really down to the leadership style and, and the way that the leaders are looking at their organization is it an organism something that's living and growing or is it a hierarchical institution something that's very uh in or out something uh very uh, sort of um uh very clear or oh, the thing about movements is they that genuine movements are very messy um yeah. and I, I i love i love a book one of the books i just want to throw in was one i i read a few years ago called chaotic uh you may have heard of that it was written by the the founder of visa which is obviously this sort of more organic movement if you like it's, it's now one of the biggest companies in the world um but he talks about chaotic this idea that there is chaos um but we also need a, a little touch of order in there as well and it's it's our job as movement leaders to kind of um see the chaos yes see the growth yes see the the, the organic thing happening but also bring in a touch of order into that as well so it's a really it's a really hard job to be a movement leader actually, uh, because you're working with both these sort of mindsets um, of of mostly organic, but a little touch of order in there as well. I look at our movement, the Engage for Success movement, and we we have a really small core team at the moment because we don't have any secondees working with it. So there's not very many of us there, and yet um, people are looking to us to do stuff and hmm. tell them what's happening and create. Um, not necessarily, you know, rules and regulations, but sort of give mm. them guidance. And actually, it's supposed to be people going off and doing their own thing, as you say, that messy thing. But naturally, yeah. people want some direction, don't they? So I, I get what you're saying about how you need that, but how, it, you know, it, it's a fine balance because I think it's really easy yeah. to tip into people expecting the leaders to make decisions and then it all becomes about dissemination and implementation. And that isn't a movement, is it? Mm. No, absolutely not. You, but you do need a bit of both. Um, I've got a friend who's in the middle of the um, the climate um, change. Oh, what's it called? You know, the, the one in London. Just remind me of the name where they all stop, Lon stop London completely. Yes, I can't even tell you what their name is. No, Extinction Rebellion, Extinction Rebellion. So so that's oh. a really interesting and, and quite controversial kind of movement, if you like. Yeah. Um, and uh, even there, 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 and I, I know one or two people in the middle of that that whole thing, and that that idea of bringing direction 
to it. Um, they're obviously very wary about that because they are a genuine people movement, but they're recognizing that they need some organization, even in the middle of something as organic as that. So they, they are starting to introduce just gentle uh, ad hoc measures. I think ad hoc is a great word for movements because um, it, it means you're setting something up temporarily and for a function. It's not going to be there as an institution, as something forever. It's just maybe a, a policy for a season or a member of staff for a season. Um, and just to kind of stir the priority, obviously, is the nurturing of the movement. It's quite interesting looking at that movement, whether how, how it'll go from now on, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as a movement coach, then, what, what, are mm. you, what are you doing, trying to do? You know, how do you help people? Mm, well, I... It's always linked in to me with habits and uh, habits and movements is uh, one of the initiatives I'm involved in. Um, so for me, it's about helping that movement leader, not just seeing um, the outside uh, kind of marketing or um, uh, business type mindset, but also the more internal kind of personal development about personal life, your personal habits. And uh, so many of these movements, particularly social movements with activists who I work with as well, um, they collapse after a year or two because they haven't quite got these sort of habits in place. And I think that's probably the case for business leaders as well. You know, they get something going. It's getting exponential. Uh, the the uh, business is growing. Um, but if they haven't got certain habits in place, uh, the thing tends to collapse and the exponential curve either plateaus or completely goes. So um, I'm working a lot on on the kind of stuff I guess you and, and myself work on, which is his personal habits and, and having our lives kind of able to cope with these incredible chaotic happenings. Mm-hmm. So, tell so us, yeah, tell I work us. a lot on personal things. Yeah, so tell us a bit more about what, what that looks like. What are those habits that, that help people to then, you know, be ready to help other people yeah. to movements well it's your classic kind of personal um kind of health habits um mm-hmm. but what one, one, one i would recommend that this is a, a deeper sort of thing is is that of journaling and of, of going quite deeply inside yourself but to be a movement leader you have to be really more secure than a normal leader because the thing about being a movement leader is it, it means you're not necessarily on that platform getting the glory, uh, getting the recognition, because a lot of movement leaders are actually hidden leaders. So if you look at, yeah, Extinction Rebellion, for example, we haven't got a clue who the leaders are. It's not as if there was a, a, um, a Martin Luther King kind of leading the thing. There isn't. It's sort of hidden. So in a sense, you have to be more secure. So in order to be more, more secure, obviously, you need to be doing some of that inner work um in life so that would be yeah that can be a habit journaling um reflection um spending time with a mentor um just keeping that internal life as healthy as possible your emotional health your uh, i guess your spiritual health uh, as as healthy as possible because that that actually out of that will come that sense of movement i suppose so yeah it's it's, it's a deep it's a deeper work it's, it's also about daily habits getting up early and um, having good sort of physical health habits, etc. But but um, yeah, th- there is that sort of deeper work to do. Mm. See, I'd be no good at that. I don't get up early. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that it's a big one. That one, isn't it? 
<laughs> it's so, something I struggle with, but I, I know that, um, and there's been some research done, hasn't there, that some of the, the top end leaders tend to be people that get this sort of morning piece really organized. Um, it's, it's not, I'm not trying to put a heavy thing on, on you or, or your listeners or on myself, but it actually, that is the sort of the researched reality is that the people that get up early and do several things in the morning, um, tend to have more productive days really. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sad, sad, isn't it? <laughs> well, that people have um, made a big thing of, you know, with all this miracle morning and everything else. But I, I, I still take the view that firstly, it's personal. And secondly, yeah. Um, you can get all of those things done just at a different time of the day. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> my morning starts later than other people, so it's, but it's still my morning. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So what about yourself? Tell us how you get done what you need to get done because, you know, you're working in different areas. You know, we, we've mm. said at the beginning we both work as associates for a, a, a company as well as the things that we do for ourselves. So, you know, mm. how do you fit everything in and make sure that you're focusing on the important things given that you have you know different people and and organizations mm. pulling on your time yeah that's it's, it's the biggest challenge in my life really um i found some things particularly helpful i mean um yeah when i was 21 years old i, I just picked up a book somebody gave me a book and uh, it was called seven habits of highly effective people <laughs> i didn't know at the time how big it would become really um mm. And it just, that book seems to have been one of the key books, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. In there, he talks about, you know, really thinking about your roles, your hats, um, and looking at prioritizing those. So that that does help me, you know, in terms of um, me as a, as, as a dad, that's important. And as a husband, that's important too. And then out of that, uh, beyond that is the kind of me as a, uh, a business leader, um, and these sort of concentric circles, really, that help us view ourselves um, mm. as to our priorities. So that's that that's a piece of work, again, that that book is so helpful. I mean, you can get it now for about 99p. It's just out there um, and, and uh, on Kindle, I think. And uh, it just really helped me um, to think through what my main roles were. And that helps me make those sort of priority decisions, I suppose. But I get it wrong regularly and have to reprioritize and think it through. But but it's certainly helped me on the long run. It has really endured that book, hasn't it? I mean, mm. people do still regularly mention it as, as something that they've recently read or that they read regularly. Or I haven't read it for many years, actually. I, I ought to revisit it. But, you know, we do use the the, the phrasing in, in life. You know, people talk about sharpening the saw and... yeah. Pro, proactive and, pro, and proactive that. Yeah. that was one of the yeah. places where that phrase proactive first came out instead of reactive being proactive yeah 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 yeah, yeah. lovely so what about um mm. tools and apps that you use to um get things done or make sure that you're prioritizing properly yeah oh great question i like this because i'm a bit of a geek <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, let, me, let me just let you go on this one <laughs> yeah just oh you stirred me up here but um so apps that I use, I mean, I love automating things. I think the only way, um, it's one of the keys to movement, actually. I think that's why it's the, the idea of movement is really key today. Uh, yeah. Because for the first time really ever in sort of human history, one or two people can kickstart something using online tools, um, particularly around automation, um, to actually start movements. And that is just a massive phenomena um throughout the world you know you know people 
people even in Africa can kickstart movements with their mobile phones because they're connected in with uh, certain certain apps. So so one thing I use is a thing called Zapier, which you've probably heard of. Well, yeah. Zapier, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but I use it on a daily basis. <laughs> I used to um, say that I listened to an interview with the guy who set it up, and because they oh, call right. it that, then it should be it should be Zapier, I think, is what he oh, says. Right. So yeah <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so you've cleared that up because i've always been confused about that thanks joe um so zapier um i was playing with it this morning it just people probably know what it does but it just uh connects um this morning i was messing with a crm i use a thing called hubspot uh which is a brilliant tool that i use um and then linking that with mailchimp which sends out mail um and it just automates that and they start speaking to each other and um that's just one example, but there really are uh, probably thousands of integrations you can do now through through Zapier. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, Zap- <laughs> Zapier is such a good tool. And I mentioned HubSpot as well. I mean, the HubSpot um, free CRM is such a good tool to kickstart a movement with. Um, it'll take up to a million people for free. Um, and because... If you don't want to spend money, you can spend thousands of pounds on the thing. Um, but because they have a free version and you can integrate with things like um, MailChimp uh, and other sort of marketing softwares, you can basically set up a system for free that can really kickstart or help kickstart a movement. Um, so I, I encourage people to use that HubSpot. But I, I, another tool that, that I know people will know as well is Zoom. I think Zoom is really exciting. It's like Skype on steroids. It's a lot a lot better in my, in my in my point of view. I mean, one of the great things that I, I love in Zoom is where you have a larger sort of group of people online, maybe 50 people online. You can then press a button and they can go into these little rooms, you know, these little, little virtual rooms, like little breakout rooms which I think is really exciting. And you as the facilitator can visit these rooms and see how it's going and see if they're keeping on task and see how the d- discussions are going about, about the input you may have just given to the whole 50. So they break up into little twos and threes and everybody gets involved. I think that's just absolutely brilliant. And then you yeah. can give like a 10, 10 second countdown and then people come back in um, to, the, to the main hall, if you like, the main virtual space where all 50 of you are there. And you can have a bigger discussion and so on. So um, a great, great tool for facilitating movement or, or online community. So, yeah, those those three tools. I love those. So Zapier, HubSpot, Zoom, I think they're and they're all they're all got free versions. So you can do this whole thing for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. We like free. And, and of yeah. course, those, those tools are, are useful for, um, you know, home based coaches and consultants who this podcast is aimed at and yeah. you know, people who offer services to organizations and so on they um and, and even you know the, the sort of concept of building a movement has mm. uh, relevance i think to individuals running businesses and providing services to people because some of those sort of um skills and and perspectives i guess from from building a movement are, are what we need when we're running businesses isn't aren't they yeah, I think so. I think if a business person can start thinking of their business as a movement, it's only going to bring in healthy practices uh, and healthy business philosophy. So um, because it, it it releases fundamentally, it releases people to be creative and to be themselves. And uh, that's what I find exciting about that sense of movement, whereas some organizations, you know, I'm sure we've been part of them in the past, um, you know, tend to squash people. 
and um, yeah. the institutional mindset can squash creativity, can squash people feeling free, um, whereas a sense of movement, people feel alive and therefore want to share it with others. Um, yeah. And that's how movements grow. Yes, yeah, yeah. So you've, we've touched a bit on keeping yourself healthy uh, and yeah. you help people to do that yourself um, in terms of sort of, I guess, mindset for that. What sort of things do you do to, to keep you energetic enough to do the things you need? Yeah, that's a great question again, because I've just been 50, actually. <laughs> so yeah, uh, not, just just three days ago. You too. Oh, congratulations. Mine was last month. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't. We're in wow. August now. Mine was two months ago. God, I'm getting really old now. <laughs> yeah, it just it's 50. It's like, ah, but but actually energy is a real part of this. Um, I was listening to somebody the other day. They were saying that the key to marketing is actually energy. The key to sales is actually energy. You know, energy is so important. So if we don't have energy, nothing really happens. So, so yeah, for me, um, I did a sports science degree as a young man, and I just learned so much about um, physical fitness being a key to it's proportional to, you know, our, our ability to fight back worry, to fight back depression, um, to fight back uh, feet, feet just overweight, obviously. So so exercise is a real big part of this. Um, for me, though, I need a big, I think they call it big hairy goal. Uh, is it big yeah. hairy goal? Something big like that? Is, goal. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's, <laughs> I just need those sort of things. It can't be like, oh, go for a two kilometer run or whatever. Um, although that is. <laughs> I've got to have something massive. So I remember in the 2012 Olympics, I was really stirred up by um, the the two. Um, oh, what are they call the two the two brothers from Yorkshire um, yes, that won the that won yeah. that won the triathlon. You know, the the Brownlee brothers. And yeah. um, so I thought, let's go and do a triathlon, and let's go and do a triathlon with this, this really big and hairy. So I went for the thing called an Ironman triathlon. Um, so that I just needed something massive and a bit scary at the time I was overweight and I was sitting on a couch and it's the kind of classic couch to Ironman in 10 months and so 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 I sorry it's supposed to be couch to 5k not couch to I know I know that's what I mean 5k sounds so boring (laughs) I just needed these big hairy goals so I know for some people they need something massive so I know that I needed that I did actually go on and, and do it in the end so I completed it and felt absolutely amazing that I actually yeah. made it um but um yeah so for me that's a real key a big a big hairy goal um and having mates around you for exercise is really important it's hard on your own isn't it um doing exercise on your own so having having friends um doing it together accountability I guess or fr- friendly accountability yeah, yeah. I was laughing earlier. I was, I was thinking I really need to do some walking every day, and I'm in the Lake District, so of course, a yeah. brilliant place to go walking. But then I was thinking, oh, I don't know where to go. I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll just walk around the campsite five times. Yeah. <laughs> and then I thought that would be really sad. And I thought, well, no, because you know, it's still doing the exercise. I could still listen to my podcast, and it's a lovely view. But maybe I should, you know, venture out a bit further. <laughs> Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying big hairy goals is for everybody, but I know for some people, um, small steps um, just isn't 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 kind of um, hasn't gra- yeah. doesn't grab their imagination. I'm I'm sort of bit I'm sort of I, I always love epic stuff. Yes. Um, so yeah, there are some people built like me, aren't there? Really. Um, but then do you stop in between? I mean, do you sort of really go for it, and then you have a sort of big dip while you're thinking about the yeah, next? Yeah. 
yeah that is the danger when you sort of think like that um the danger is obviously you're not doing the small steps so it can be very much up and down and, and roller coaster when it comes to habit development so i've got to be careful with that and i think people that are big hairy goal type people need to be really careful with that mm. um uh yeah nothing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely so what about mm. um, learning and developing yourself what sort of things do you do to i mean everyone i interview on here always has lots of answers to this because that's mm. the sort of nature of people who come on i guess but also as somebody who's changed over the years the thing that you offer to your clients um like i have you you do mm. do that i think because you've learned and developed and and you've got something new to offer how, how do yeah. you keep that yeah, that's that's big as well. Again, I do some I do a strange technique on that one. I'm <laughs> just giving you strange <laughs> techniques today, Joe. <laughs> but it's I call it a vacuum. You you or or you're jumping in the deep end. You you kind of create you do something else. Like let's say you wanted to become a coach. Well, you um book, you send out a little um message, maybe on Facebook to your friends and family and say, Emily wants to be coached. And the minute you've done that, you've created like a vacuum of knowledge in yourself. And you're thinking, my goodness, I'm going to be coaching my uncle Fred um, on, I don't know, on his smoking habit or whatever next week. I best go and do some learning. Um, <laughs> and that motivates you to go and do learning. So, so the idea of almost uh, creating a role or a task for yourself that is really beyond you kind of almost in desperation it forces you to go and do some learning about that and that's yeah. that seems to be the way that i've done a lot of this um so i've you know i've called myself a coach perhaps before i actually was a coach um so i you know and you think oh my goodness what am i going to do and i went and did a course and i read loads of books and i got loads of feedback and i got coached on being a coach um out of that sort of sense of desperation so um yeah it's almost like a vacuum if you like yeah, you sort of yeah, create yeah. an artificial vacuum and then you just have to fill it yeah um, yeah another sort of way of describing that is about just in time learning i think yeah um, a lot of people do sort of procrastinate by learning you know they want to learn new things and they they do that but that stops them doing the things that they you know really ought to be doing but actually mm working on the basis as you say that you create something or create a need and then you have to go and learn whatever it is to fulfill yeah. that need at that moment uh, yeah. can be a more sort of productive way of, of continuing to learn but only what the stuff that you need and that you're going to implement that's super i love that i think a lot of learning is curriculum driven and it can just get a bit a bit duty it's it kind of comes from a sense of duty rather from a sense of passion isn't it i mean school is like that isn't it for young people it's just curriculum yeah. driven a lot of the time um and and when i do go into schools which i do some certain things in schools as well um i see a lot of unmotivated young people because basically um it's not touching where they're itching it's not scratching no. where they're itching um the, the actual learning so yeah just-in-time learning I like that but then there's the other side to that that if you're going to create this vacuum so you're going to sort mm -hmm. of put yourself out there and say whatever that might be in in the example you used you know I'm going to be a coach mm -hmm. there's that whole imposter syndrome thing that mm -hmm. stops people from that as well I mean I, I absolutely do I think what you 
do at times, which is I offer to do something or I, even things like when I first started uh, with my business, I I'd had a publishing business and I had um, local businesses advertising with me. And then I read a book about how to set up WordPress websites. And I thought, oh, mm. I can do that. So then I started teaching mm. people how to set up yeah. their own WordPress website. But it was a bit, you know, by the skin of my teeth because I'd only literally just yeah. set mine up. <laughs> um, but yeah. You know, you've only got to stay a little bit ahead of the people you're teaching, don't you? You do. You do. And I think that's actually a better model of um, teaching because you're not there as the expert. And people get put off by experts because they, they think, oh, I can never be like that. You know, I can never be like that. But if it's if they're learning something like WordPress or somebody that's just maybe a just a step ahead of them, um, that does actually give them more motivation. So there's real pros in this idea of, um, well, you call it imposter, but I, I know what you mean by that kind of sense of imposter. But um, there's a more, more positive way of looking at that, that that actually is a really good model of, of learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Lovely. So last couple of questions. What about yeah. those days when go horribly wrong? What do you what do you do to bring yourself back from the brink? <laughs> yeah, I, I just it is hard, isn't it? When when you're a when you're really into personal development, things and developing habits and developing movements or businesses or whatever um we we tend to be idealists mm. um so that we have this we talk about don't we the ideal me the perfect me uh, the ideal day uh the you know um what would i be like in five years from now so we're always working with this sense of ideal and i think that sometimes does create uh, at the end of a day or a month or whatever, we can feel pretty low about ourselves. Um, and, and this is perhaps one I just want to share about this sort of area, that that people that are really into personal development need to be re looking after themselves quite well and, and learning to when they do fail and just saying to yourself, today, because I've set such a high goal for myself today or for this next month, I am bound to feel a little bit of a failure because I've just gone so idealistic on this. So I've need, needed to learn how to get up from failure really quickly. I used to spend, um, you know, weeks or months in a, in a low kind of state, uh, feeling a bit of a failure that because I'd set such high goals for myself. And I think I'm learning as I get older, now that I'm 50, uh, to kind of forgive myself, if you like, to kind of pick myself up quicker. Um, yeah. But that's the real key. Just, just, just forgive yourself, Steve. It's okay. You've, you've failed again, but just get up, dust yourself off, and just keep going. Um, I used to spend too much time in that low uh, failure mode, um, kind of mulling over why I was failing, etc. But really, I just need to learn to get up quickly um, mm. and get go and get going back onto those ideals because I don't want to. I don't want to compromise those ideals. I still believe in um pushing myself forward and growing and so on but i do need to forgive myself easier and quicker do you think that's the downside of that sort of uh, the stuff you talked about at the beginning around being more sort of internalized about what you're doing so because you're sort of self-reflecting mm. more you know, with your journaling and all that sort of stuff that sometimes that that can be the, the sort of result that if you don't also think about as you said um, uh, pulling yourself away and looking and, and seeing how far you really have come or what you yeah. have achieved you can end up sort of sometimes caught up too much in in 
focusing on the things that you haven't done when you've you've actually done a lot. You've just not done the thing that you are aiming to do. You know, at the end of it, sort of thing. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that, Joe. And I think reflection needs to be looking at, you know, what have I achieved, not necessarily what ha- I haven't achieved. <laughs> um, so I, I just think that, that personal development people, if, if you don't mind me using that phrase, you know, that group of people that are interested in growing themselves just need to be really careful to look after themselves because I've seen a lot of people crash and burn within this movement. Yeah. Um, and let's just be gracious to each other and gracious particularly to ourselves and, and forgive ourselves and say Steve you know yeah let's just keep just keep going it's worth it and then you look back over the years because obviously being 50 I've had a few years now uh, and then you do see that the incredible growth over the last years or even decades <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. yeah and what about on those other days those days where you've had the chance to live more and that's where I talk about you getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the things that you feel you should do or you have mm. to do what do mm. those days look like for you mm. well I think because of the movement kind of um, concept that's always at the back of my brain I think I'm always wanting to have coached and trained I think coaching and training are just two real skills to any movement leader. And after any coaching session, um, I always come away and think, wow, that was great. That person there has been empowered and is motivated and wants to go and do things. Uh, the same with training. So so after any training or any coaching, I always feel that that was time really well spent. Um, more, more personally, I enjoy just slowing life down. I think there is this book actually, isn't there, called Slow, um, and it's it's brilliant because it talks about the whole slow movement, um, which again I think is a good counter for people that are within the personal development world where it's all about goals and achievement and so on. I think a good counter to that is this idea of doing things slowly. That that's something really healthy. In whether it's they, in the book, it talks about slow food, um, you know, just slowing that whole process down, having slow meals with your family, having slow families. It talks about as well where I can look at my kids and in the eyes and have time with them on a daily basis. So that would be looking back at a good day. It would be where I've done some things fast, but also some things slow uh, in terms of the quality of life as well. Um, and I think that's really important for again for personal development people that we that we appreciate fastness and goals and achievement and KPIs, but we also uh, need to understand slowness uh, and, and depth of relationship and just w- learning how to waste time again. I say that I say that in a, in a sort of a uh, obviously not about truly wasting time. But just wasting time, perhaps just hanging out with my kids, perhaps going for a walk, um, perhaps having some slow food. Um, that is not waste of time. That's just quality refreshment, and that's a good day. Yeah. Mm, mm, lovely. Thank you. I can, I can, I can feel myself experiencing that day. It's, it's <laughs> you have a slow day in that caravan. I was going to say, mind you, I am sitting in a caravan, so I probably. Yeah. Are, I'm having a bit of a slow day, especially since I didn't start doing anything till half twelve because I went off to have coffee with my fellow campers. You know? Super. 
<laughs> Lovely. So thank you so much, Steve. It's been great talking to you today. Tell people how they can find out more about you and connect with you. Okay. Well, I've got a personal uh, kind of blog, which is steve-jones.org, uh, where people can just get to know me. Um, but I'm also developing uh, a whole kind of business, if you like, or a whole movement <laughs> around this idea of habits and movements. So uh, habitsandmovements.com or habits, habitbreakthrough.com is another site that I'm developing some habit ideas. So that's habitbreakthrough.com. Yeah, lovely. Thank you. Really appreciate your time. Okay, Joe. Thanks. Are you a home-based coach or consultant feeling like you need a bit of help? Our Power to Live More Calm membership is designed to meet you where you're at with the help you need in the moment so you can get unstuck, move forwards and get stuff done. You might think this sounds too good to be true or maybe wondering how it would fit with how you work and run your business. Why not have a no-obligation chat with Jo to see how she can help you? All you need to do is go to powertolivemore.com Slash calm call. Use your power to live more.